0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Heart of Purpose podcast. I hope you are having a beautiful week so far. I have an extremely special guest today, and so I really want you to listen all the way through um, to an encouraging, uplifting story of grief, loss, and redemption and beauty in all of it. I have Ashley Lemieux, and she is just a fabulous light on Instagram, on social media, and in person. So I just want you to be encouraged wherever you are, whatever season. She is an author of a few books, but her new book, I Am Here, is one that you definitely want to pick up. So tune in as we talk about her story of loss and grief and overcoming and truly um, discovering who she is and being able to help others. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome, Ashley, to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited to come and chat with you.
0: I know. I've been wanting to chat and connect forever. I feel like I was first introduced to you actually back in 2013, which was quite a while ago now. Oh, wow.
1: But with yeah, the that Shine... feels like forever ago.
0: I know, right? That was like <laughs> eight years ago. But with the Shine yeah. Project, and so I just loved what you were doing then and you know so much has happened since then, but I'd love to know more about really what made you start the Shine Project and how it's transformed because it's now turned into like a global movement. I I feel like it's like a global movement of of women, (laughs) like you're inspiring women to live with hope. And that's really what I love so much.
1: Thank you. So I started the Shine Project... I mean, yeah, it's probably been about 10 years ago now. And originally, so my dream in my life has always been to be a writer. I was the shy, quiet little kid growing up who would run home from school every day and write my feelings in a little journal because I wouldn't speak. I would not speak to anyone at school. I was just so shy. So I'd come home, have my journal and write down all my feelings and I'd throw it under my bed and it just grew this love that I have for writing. And so I've always wanted to be a writer. And from the age of eight years old, if you asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up, I would tell you that I wanted to write books to help people heal their hearts. It was oh, just like, my gosh, it's just like my thing. I don't know. So wow. 10 years ago I was in college, um, recently married, we were young, had no money, didn't know. I mean that next step after college is kind of freaky because you're expected to grow up really fast, but you're still young and trying to yeah. figure out what you actually want to do. So, That was back when blogging like (laughs) blogger.com was, (laughs) was kind of a thing. So there was no social media or anything, but I found these blogs and I just thought to myself, what if I created an online community where women could come and feel supported and inspired and we could just really cheer each other on and I could write. So I started my little blog and people made fun of me for making the blog and, They'd be like,
0: what are you doing?
1: Are you just at home? you know, making crafts while your husband yeah. works or whatever. No like, one really no.
0: understood it. No one understood no. it at all.
1: No one understood it. But quickly, um, my re- my readership grew. And every single month, there were thousands and thousands of women coming to my page. And so by the time I graduated college, I was able to just be self-employed with the little bit of ad income that I was making selling little sidebar ads on my blog. Uh-huh. And a year after that, um, because to finish my senior year of college, I had to take an internship and my internship was at a uh, low income high school in Phoenix, where I was helping prepare juniors and seniors in high school to go to college. When I entered into that opportunity, I realized the disparity that there was between where I grew up and went to school and then what I was seeing where, where these youth were going to school and the lack of resources and mentorship. Um, and since my readership on my blog had grown, I was like, man, we can, we can help rally and fundraise some scholarship money for some of these youth. They just need like just a little bit extra to, to help them get to that next step. So I started using my blog, um, to help raise scholarship money and then a year after that I was like you know what this isn't enough we need to employ these youth now that they're in college and they're going to college we need to help give them jobs and so I taught myself how to make jewelry and then we taught the youth how to make jewelry um and for the next six years after that we sold the jewelry in places like Hallmark and stores all around the world um that's so cool a, yeah it was it wild. just took we, off it just, it took off. It was a grind, but it took off. And and we would send the kids, the youth that were working, um, we would send them to work trade shows so that they were getting real life experience that way. And they were, they were the ones working with wholesalers and they were the ones putting the wholesale orders together. And um, it was really cool. cool. It was really cool. And, and so all of those original youth once they made it through the program um, is also kind of the time where my personal life started really falling apart. And so then we kind of let that just ride its wave because I needed to find myself again. Totally. And now the shine project is back to being an online supportive community for women to help them reclaim their power and find clarity and freedom in their life. So that's I guess so that's good. like the long story short
0: it's so <laughs> good though, because so much of what's been intertwined in your life from eight years old is like, what has really come to fruition in the sense of wanting to heal people's hearts. I want to talk a little bit, of whatever you're comfortable with sharing your story and what you went through and how you have come to find hope in your life. Yeah. Cause you're
1: so, i <clears throat> oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I'm just saying like, it's such an inspiration for everyone even those who haven't experienced loss or, or anything in that way, like I am just so inspired by you and your like strength and your transparency. And I have a bad week and I'm like, I can't show up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I can't show up, but you continue to show up every day. And so I just want to really encourage you in that, that it's really, really helpful for everyone. Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you. That's honestly, that's so nice of you to say. Um, you know, something that I've learned, especially before I share this part of, of my story, is that even though the details of the experiences in our lives are all so different from each other, the feelings that we feel like that connects us as part of just this human condition, those are the same. And so yeah. even if we might feel alone because our situation just seems so different from someone else's, what connects us are the feelings of pain, loss despair depression frustration you know um and I believe that when we come together that we can get through it together so that's really why I love showing up in this online community because I know that as much as it's been able to help others it helps me like it helps me get out of bed too um uh, several years ago oh wow it's probably been about seven years ago um in the middle of, of growing my company, The Shine Project, I think we had been married maybe two or three years. Um, I was 25 or 26. So, I mean, we were young.
0: Yeah, very young. I guess I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, we were very young. And uh, at that time, having children was not a part of our conversation yet. Like we knew we would eventually, but at that time we were, recently out of college, both of us building our careers, and that was our focus. And um, we became parents overnight, literally, to a four and a six year old who we were given permanent guardianship of. We were not foster parents, we were not in the foster care system. It was very much um, one day we didn't have children and then we were asked to raise these children who needed a family wow. at that time. And then within seven days, they were at our home and we were like, how do we do this? Wow. How? How, do we co- how do we become parents? How do we, how do we do this? And we didn't know, but we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. And there was a, there was a lot of learning, but there was also so much joy and wow. so much love and so much togetherness. We operated as a family in every sense of
0: I love of that
1: the so word. Much. Yeah. Yeah. They, they um, completed parts of me that I didn't know were missing until I met them. And uh, being able to be their mom was honestly the greatest pri- privilege honor of my entire life. So um, as we went to the final steps of the adoption process, a couple of years later, we encountered a very un- unanticipated, like very unexpected contested adoption um from a biological family member and then we were in court for two years <clears throat> and keep in mind too i mean the kids with us this was their permanency this was their community beyond us they had their extended family they had their school systems they had their friends they had like this was their life
0: life full life yeah
1: Mm -hmm. And at that time, they were eight and 10 years old. And when we met them, they were three and five. They came to live with us, four and six. And then now they're eight and 10. And as quickly as they came, after two years in court, we lost them. And it's been four and a half years since they were returned to their biological family. And we have not seen them since then.
0: And you're not allowed to have any contact. And we don't have contact
1: with them. No.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. i going to
1: be hard. It's um it's one of those things where you learn how to carry differently, but losing your kids is like and so f- from from that experience my husband and I didn't know how we how it was possible to to wake up in the morning, get out of bed and keep living our lives. We didn't know. I was buried under a weight of so much grief, pain, injustice, despair. There was no There is no resolution, knowing that your kids are alive out in the world, and there's no nothing you can do to protect them. There's no contact. There's no
0: there's no closure. There's no closure.
1: No anything.
0: It's okay to feel anything that you're feeling because I know at any time you probably talk about it. It's it's hard to relive that, and
1: it's one of those things that we've had to learn how to carry with us because it's not it's not going to go away in this lifetime. It just it is it's crap and it freaking sucks and it just is and so then the question became how do we move forward what do we want life to look like now how do we yeah. rebuild how do we move from this fear that we have every day waking up about what might be happening you know in their lives to feeling freedom to keep building our own and freedom to find joy and not feel guilty about that and all yeah. of those and all Oceans. of those things
0: yeah how, how long did it take for you to start to ask that question because i feel like it can take a while I mean yeah it took, you, took gotta, a while. you gotta allow the grieving process to kind of take its course but then oh yeah you found a way to overcome which I find it's so beautiful it's kind of like redemptive in the sense because oftentimes with grief or loss I feel like many can just lose themselves completely and never come back from that so h- how did you truly pull yourself together so, like pull so, yourself up from yeah from
1: grief It's a really good question it took me the first year was just learning how to breathe it was literally learning and talking myself through okay it's it's morning i need to get out of bed and then i need to go feed myself and then after that it was up in the air what i would be capable of doing that day so it took a year to just start breathing and then after that year I was looking at myself in the mirror one day and it looked like someone had vacuumed out like any light in life that was inside of me. I looked sunken in. I mean, the face, the shape of my face changed. Everything about me had changed because I was so buried. And I I ran to my husband that day and I said, I don't want to live my whole life and wake up at 80 years old and regret not living because I was too sad to participate in it. And so I need to figure this out. So I started asking myself questions in the morning. I started doing a daily meditation. And the first one that I started with, because what happens I think too during grief is that what your life used to be, it's no longer. And a lot of us think that healing is returning back to what it once was, but really healing is learning how to move forward, even carrying the pain um, so that you can rebuild your life. And so going from being a mom that was very involved in her kids lives and running a business to having them gone i lost so much of my identity because i was like what do i even do what do i even do with my time like what do i what do i do and so every day i started asking myself the question what is my intention today what is it today that i'm going to focus on sometimes it was very simple and it was that I was going to show up as a big ball of love to a work meeting that I didn't want to go to that day. But my focus that day was to, to do that. Or some days it was, you know, today I'm really, my intention is to connect with my husband, Mike. Okay, so what does that look like? Okay, I'm going to surprise him and make him lunch. And then I'm going to ask him to go on a walk with me. It was just very simple, yeah. tangible things. But as I noticed myself... At the end of the day, having lived out my intention and feeling proud that I had committed to something that happened and then feeling good about it, I was like, there might be something here. So then I asked, started asking myself more questions and it has led to five questions, which actually are in my new book, I Am Here, because I believe that this blueprint can really help us in our lives. But they range from what is my intention today to who can I serve today? Mm-hmm. to um, who is the truest version of myself today? Like, how do I want to show up? Um, and as I asked myself these questions, I was we were able to start rebuilding our life. So a year and a half ago, part um, of that rebuilding, we decided for the first time that it was time for us to grow our family again, biologically, to try to get pregnant. And uh, we, we had moved back to be closer to our family and to just grow our roots deep. And we just we felt like this was really a moment for us in in the rebirth of our lives and who we were to keep moving forward. And so a month after um, we moved back to Phoenix, and we had decided to get to try to get pregnant, we got pregnant right away. And we were so excited. And it just felt like I don't know. I just felt it just felt good. It, it was like this healing piece that that we had been needing for a really long time and we finally had enough courage in us to go through having more children again. Yeah. Um and so and at last, this time
0: it, at this time too you're really doing the Shine project like live really rebuilding yeah. helping women to kind of go through the same process you did which Yes. So it, it also was like a breaking point for your life to be like doing, we're doing something positive and we're also, you know, growing in our own life.
1: Yes. Yeah. Felt like we were, we were coming back to life in a sense where we, were, we will never be who we were before. And and that's something with pain. I think that people can really weigh down by is because we want our old life back. But once you go through something that changes you, I don't think that we're supposed to. I, I think that it's okay that we see life differently, that we become different we're supposed to it's part of our experience here and so as I embraced that and we started doing these live events across the country um, for women to come and feel that for themselves and and yeah i got pregnant like I'm like okay we're moving forward and so it's actually really crazy that we're having this conversation right now because I I just realized that literally a year ago today is when what I'm about to tell you um happened A a year ago exactly a year ago yeah so I'm pregnant, and oh we gosh. we had just moved into our new house um, three days before, and it was the same week that the pandemic had shut everything down in Arizona. So there's a lot going on, but we just felt, you know, we're in our new home, we're safe, we're good, and we'll just be safe here, growing our family. And um, I had gone on a walk with my mom earlier that morning. I'm 16 weeks pregnant, and um, I then I I came back to start planning the nursery since we had just moved in and we wanted to get some stuff done before the baby would come in a few more months. And later that afternoon in the early evening, I was in a lot of pain. Uh, my legs my legs were like in the worst pain they've ever been in and, and I thought I was just getting leg cramps or something. So I called my husband out to give me a massage and got really bad and then the pain started moving up my body, and in a couple of hours I was in my bed just screaming, like I couldn't even walk anymore. And so Mike, uh, my husband had to call for an ambulance to come get me, they took me to the ER um, and when we got there, we learned it was the first day that they closed it down to outside visitors. So Mike couldn't come in. With no
0: visitors. Either. It was no visitors.
1: No visitors. Not no even one. You're alone. No, not even one oh person with like you. So they take me in. They check the baby first thing because obviously they want to make sure baby was Baby was great. Everything was great for a baby. Um, but after doing blood tests on me, they realized that things weren't great for me and I had sepsis. Um, mm-hmm. sepsis is an infection of your blood that is very, it's very dangerous and is very fatal. And, um, they also realized during that, that the infection was in both of my kidneys, which was one of the reasons I was in so much pain and that I would be admitted for an, an indefinite amount of time. They didn't know. So I'm put on oh, these antibiotics. Gosh. I'm away from my husband. Um, COVID new. So, you know, you're just scared yeah. because... And, and because of that, they put me in this part of the hospital, it's called the observation area. And so it's not an actual room. It's like, you're in this little area and then there's curtains (gasps) separating you. With like other people. Yes. Yes. Oh no. But it was the only place in the hospital that didn't have exposure to patients with COVID. And since it it was so new, they didn't know what to do with me because I was pregnant. So they're trying to protect me and the baby as much as possible. So I'm like. In these curtain rooms, literally screaming in the most excruciating pain I've ever been in. Oh my gosh. Um, And the next day I woke up and there's this moment where I woke up and there's 12 doctors around me because I couldn't breathe and I kept asking them if I was going to die. My whole body was numb and I kept saying, am I going to die? And am I having a stroke? Like I didn't know what was happening. Um, and after that, I, I said, I need you to check my baby because I just, there's just something in me that I just knew whatever had happened.
0: I just knew.
1: Yeah. It's like, there's no way that both of us can make it through whatever's happening. This is, this is crazy. And so on that, that night they, they gave me an ultrasound, um, and we lost the baby and that next morning I delivered him alone. In my curtain rooms, because they told me I had time. We had time to decide how I wanted oh to deliver. Gosh. In the curtained he, room, in like, the curtained room by myself, not in a maternity ward. So, so. Um, oh my gosh! So I'm screaming because I'm I'm giving birth yeah. to my baby boy, and the nurses come in, and I still feel so bad because they were young. They were probably they were probably just right out of school, like in yeah. their young twenties. They had no idea what. They had no idea what to do. And so mm-hmm. I'm delivering my baby on my own. I have no idea what to do. And I'm obviously Jesus. freaking out. Um, and then maternity finally came and got me after he was already here. And then Mike was able to come and meet me once I was in maternity. And for the next, you know, several months, I was on antibiotics. I'm um, still, it's taken a really long time for recovery for me from the sepsis. Um, but that was our kind of our, one of our first steps forward after the loss of our older two. Um, and this one rocked us again. And it felt like my husband and I were like, what is, like, what's the point of this? What's, what are we, what are we doing? This is, this is too hard and we don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And so, so now what? Um,
0: I get that. I think yeah. that would be everyone's question. I mean, yeah. going through what you've gone through, like alone, you would think one of the things would be enough. And then. You went through something even harder, too, to, you know, another child. But um, so, so story- that's the question yeah. <laughs>
1: we've I mean- been trying to answer the last year is now what? But and, but I believe that um, there's always a way back. I th- and yes. I think that's the story of hope that I've learned is that no matter what your story is, it's not over yet. Yeah. No matter how dark it feels, it's not done. And that's what we've been learning.
0: Yeah. I believe that there is always purpose in the pain. Like there's always, there's always a reason. And it's terrible to think when you're going through it. Um, And it's hard, I think, to see that light, to see that little shimmer of light, that there is a reason for it, or there is redemption for it. And that through our stories, we can share with other people and help them through their own pain. And I mean, that's exactly what you do every day. It is. I'm. I'm sure you see it. And if you don't, I'm telling you, like, so nice. hold on to that. It. You provide so much hope through your own story and through sharing it. Um, sharing the grief, sharing the the bad days and the good days, like it's so important for people to know that they too can overcome and they too can get through loss and get through pain. And that doesn't take away all that you've gone through, you know? I think think that's, what's hard about moving on too um, is maybe like thinking that the person lost is forgotten or the memory. And I think, I mean, this is just my own perspective, but I think like when we are able to tell people about the story, that's actually their memory, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's Jace's memory. It's the other two um, beautiful kids. It's their memory, and it's keeping them alive.
1: Yes, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, we chose the name Jace because it means healer. And when he was born, I was like, just in my mind, I was like, his name's supposed to mean healer, but what what is that? So I was looking up. I had never thought of the name Jace before, but that's how I found it because I feel like he helped me heal in places that I wouldn't have been able to without him, and and what his life has meant to us, and. Uh, Something that I've learned and, you know, maybe you can relate, maybe others listening can relate, whether you've lost a job or someone you loved or normalcy, you know, this past year in a pandemic. um, I think a lot of times we start searching outside of ourselves for answers to fix ourselves. Sometimes that looks like excessive drinking. Sometimes that looks like excessive binging or shopping or supplements that we're told like, that, this is gonna fix you. This is right.
0: We live in the Um, world of let me fix you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let me fix you. Let me pay me so that I can fix you. And but it gets really easy to think that that's true or to want that because doing the work of healing is so hard that an easier fix just feels a lot better. Mm -hmm. But
0: for the moment, for the moment.
1: Yes. What I have learned is that the rainbow that we're looking for. Um, people often tell me, "Your your rainbow's coming. Your your rainbow baby's coming. The rainbow's coming for you." And while I love that so much, it also doesn't sit with me because what I have learned is that through the pain, through the experiences that we go through, the rainbow is you. Yeah, and we're all invited. On this journey of uncovering who we are which is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and all the beautiful colors of it it's you and it's it's already inside of you and to be able to learn how to pull that out and and to be able to see the strength that you have um, and the courage that you have and the bravery and the power that you have that's something that um, changes your life and even though we don't ask for the experiences that bring us to that place where we're trying to uncover, I think it comes to a point where we do have a choice to be able to, to move forward with power or to allow ourselves to stay buried. Um, and while staying buried might feel better just for the moment, I believe that, um, choosing to reclaim our lives and and allowing ourselves to to really feel the power of what can be as we rebuild is is the better way.
0: Yeah. I believe everyone needs to at least have like a way to discover who, you know, God created them to be. Yeah. And like I believe like God is the ultimate healer and you know, we can search our hearts, we can search our souls, we can search society for for answers, we can search the internet which is like the worst place the worst place (laughs) to search um but just from my own experience like once I you know search and seek God like there's peace to know like he has the answers he holds the answers and we will never understand we can never understand a lot of what is working and what our plan is but I believe like if we turn to him he can heal us so like get partnership. Like, just exactly. as you, total partnership. just as you were yes. saying, like we have to do the work within ourselves yes. and you are such a great vessel to share the tools that we need. like as women, as men, as human beings, um, that's why we go through things. We are being equipped to help other people. Like you hold tools in your hand and you hand them out to everyone who reads your books everyone who follows you on social media and I think that's so important for us to to understand we are equipped and and God is using our story for a redemption and using our story for a testimony to then help other people find redemption and beauty in their own story so I just think it's so cool to I don't know I just I just love hope I think that's, that's why I'm I love God. hope <laughs> I love hope. Um, I, so my, the podcast is hard of purpose, um, because it's hard of purpose every day, which spells out hope. And so it's just love hope. That. hope is just, yes. it like, so keeps good. us alive, you know? It does,
1: Yes. And, and, um, I get asked a lot, how have my experience changed or impacted my relationship with God? I get asked a lot if, if, you know, I view God differently. And the answer is yes. But in the way that through going through what I've gone through is that I see God more than ever, because um, I look at our life and the healing that we've been able to have. And I know that it's nothing that that we could have done on our own, even from finding the right people to help me at the right time I needed them, to um, healing of my body, to different thoughts I have that help continue to lead me down this path of uncovering who I am. I, I, feel, like, I feel like in these dark moments, um, there's a real opportunity for you to really figure out where, where light comes from and, <laughs> and how to seek it, you know? Yeah. Because when everything else is stripped away and you're just there feeling in the dark, um, it's easier to see where that source Comes from. And so for me, going through what we've gone through is absolute just confirmation to me that God is here and is aware of us and that we are so deeply loved. My relationship with God is different than it once was, um, but in a way that feels truer and better and stronger because of the partnership that. I believe that we can have as we go through our healing yeah absolutely
0: 100 it's so good and your newest book is also just so incredible such a great tool for anyone going th- actually it, i mean it's a great tool for anyone anytime any season anywhere <laughs> um yeah, I was able to read it a little bit um, beforehand, and it's just really, really encouraging. And I just love what you mentioned before—the five steps that you had learned that you walked through—that really do work, and that is tangible. Like people can do these steps to overcome or to just see where their future lies, and to be present and intentional in what they're meant to do. And so, I definitely want to um, share more about how people can find your book and maybe a little bit more about what they can, what they can expect. Yes.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) I am. I'm honestly so excited about this new book. So it's called I am here and I am here uh, is really about being able to claim your power in your present moment, no matter what's happened in the past, no matter what the anxiety is about the future. How do we just accept our lives as it is right now, no matter if it's good, no matter if it's hard and be able to just throw our hands up in the air and (laughs) say, I am here. Like I am right here and here's what I'm going to do with this moment that's given to me. And I am here as a guide to help, to help you learn and uncover that for yourself. Um, I say with my books that I'm not the expert on your life, but you are and and so I, my hope is that like the that. words that I write, yeah, the words, the words that I write that have been that have come to me and served as tools that have literally saved my life. I hope that they can become tools for your life too. And as I share them with you, you're able to grab onto the ones that that help you um, and leave the ones that don't, and but just keep moving forward and. So I am here split up into three sections and the first section is reframing your thoughts. How do we reframe our thoughts? For example, um, sometimes experiences that women as women can make us feel like we're powerless or our voice isn't heard. But What if it's not powerlessness? What if it's bravery? Like what if instead we are so brave to keep showing up in a world, that might feel scary. And so how do we reframe that so we can create a different narrative? And then the second section is called reimagining your future with clarity mapping. And I take you through those five questions that we talked about. And then also you build a literal map of where you are right now and then what steps and what do you need to focus on to get to where you need to be in your personal life or if you're an entrepreneur, let's get focused. Yeah, and then the (laughs) last section is reclaim your power. What does that look like? Um, and how do we do that? And I really believe that I am here. I, I keep telling my husband, I'm like, if this is the last thing I do, if this is the last piece of work I put out into the world, which it won't be, I feel like <laughs> I fulfilled it. Like I feel like I'm fulfilled. Um, it's I'm really good.
0: It is really good. Yeah, like so it, each chapter drew me in. Like I was, you know, I was going to briefly like browse so I could um, get to know what the book was about, and I just found myself like. <laughs> You know, an hour later, like, just, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> each story is really relevant and relatable and, um, yeah, and transparent, which is so great. It's so awesome. Thank you. And yeah.
1: thanks for endorsing it. Of You're one course. of the few people who have even, like, seen what's in there yet. Oh,
0: I love it. I so. love it. So, <laughs> so, so good. Yeah. Everyone go out and get it. Is it, it'll be available May?
1: It's available May 4th, which yeah. is also the week of Mother's Day, which I get so excited about Coming because up. whether if you're a mom or Mother's Day is a hard day for you, I feel like this book is the is the gift to give the people in your life so that they know like, hey, you're seen. Um, I'm here with you, and and here you go. So yeah, it, it, you can grab one wherever books are sold.
0: Ah, that's so amazing. I love it. So May fourth, but you can reorder. Yeah, yes. May 4th, but you can pre-order and where can they pre-order and also follow you and find your website yeah. and everything else.
1: So you can pre-order wherever books are sold. And we're actually doing something really fun. Um, if you pre-order before release date, we have a whole bunch of stuff waiting for you. We're actually going to do a book club the whole week of awesome. uh, the whole month of May on the book. And we have special guests joining that that are really cool. and. Um, I commissioned free artwork for you to print out and you also get the ebook for free so you can read it even before release date. So there's a whole bunch of good stuff there. Um, And then you can come find me and and how to get access to that link on my Instagram. I love our online community and it's just at Ashley K. Lemieux. Um, And it's I don't know. I think we have a kind of fun spot on the Internet. So. You do.
0: You have a great spot. And you just continue to show up and it's fantastic. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) I do. You're such an encouragement. I've loved following you from day one. And so I'm excited to see kind of where you go from here. And I don't think this is your last book. I think there's so much. No, we want,
1: we want, we want to do I want to do some more. So no, but
0: I also think you and Mike should do one together. Yes, okay. I think I want to do with Mike so bad. Yes. You know, that, that is also something that's such an inspiration is the way you two have just, you're just a light as a, you know, like marriage is a representation of, you know, God and his love for us as his people and his church. And you, I, I'm honestly saying this, like you guys are such a great light. In terms of what marriage should look like, and it's just a good representation and a just a light and an example. I don't know how else to describe it. You can see the love, and you can feel the love, and just it's wonderful. <laughs>
1: yeah, we've we we definitely had to commit to stay together through everything that we've been through, and sometimes have been easier than others. But I I will say that our marriage um, is one of the brightest spots in my life. And so in the midst of everything else, I'm so grateful to have this relationship with Mike. I would love to write a book with him. So maybe I'll be coming later. I'll be
0: waiting for it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ashley, for joining us. Have a good rest of the day. Thanks for having me. You too.